Hi, and welcome back to Litcentric Radio, the podcast that's a literacy coach in your pocket. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Webb. Well, if you've listened to Litcentric Radio for a while now, and maybe if you've followed us on social media, you know that I love the show Reading Rainbow. And uh, partly because, of course, I watched it as a kid, as many of us did. Um, And for those of you who are too young to have uh, fallen in love with that show on PBS, uh, you can still find some episodes um, on YouTube, actually. And uh, they're kind of floating around the internet a little bit. But it was such a wonderful show because it inspired so many of us to actually learn to love reading. And they did that by bringing a picture book to life um, and and telling the story and then really creating this kind of matching field trip to go along with it. And the host of the show was actor LeVar Burton. So some of you might know LeVar Burton also from uh, the Star Trek New Generation. He was in the original uh, Roots movie way back in the 70s and um, just an all-around really talented actor. He actually hosted Reading Rainbow for 26 seasons on PBS, which is pretty remarkable. It was one of their most popular shows ever for kids. And uh, LeVar Burton was actually my first hashtag literacy crush ever. And he's really just one of those actors, you know, who you can just tell deep down he's a really good person. And uh, that's one of the reasons I just really like him so much. I really admire his work. He's a great actor, and he does really good work even outside of acting. And the reason I bring him up today is because there's actually something cool going on um, that has to do with LeVar Burton. And it's a petition on social media that's floating around to um, try to get LeVar Burton as the host of the game show Jeopardy. So since Alex Trebek has passed away, um, as many of you know, they've been, you know, kind of floating around different people just filling in as guest hosts. And all of a sudden on change.org, there's a petition on there saying that we really want LeVar Burton to be the host. And you know how I actually found out about it is because I follow LeVar Burton on social media and I saw it on Twitter and he actually shared it himself, you know, basically saying like, I don't think I'd say no to this. Right. So it's pretty funny. So, of course, I signed it. I don't always sign, you know, petition things, especially online ones. But this one I could really get behind pretty easily. And I thought you might be interested in signing it, too. So if you'd like to, you can hop onto Letcentric's Facebook page and look for the petition there. Uh, You'll see his photo and and the link that I've shared. And uh, go ahead and click on the link, sign it, and definitely share it uh, with your friends, either on Facebook or other social media platforms, because it'd be pretty great to have a really nice you know, good person like Alex Trebek was having another good, really solid person to host a show like that. I think it's a nice way to pay back uh, LeVar Burton for really giving a love of reading to so many children for years and years and years. So in today's episode, we're going to take a look at a topic that we often don't explore in primary classrooms, and we probably don't even explore across elementary school. And it's the topic of irony. And we're going to use the text Gregory the Terrible Eater. And of course, Gregory the Terrible Eater uh, is a book that I was introduced to on Reading Rainbow. That's the first time I saw it. It hails all the way from the year 1980, so definitely a classroom classic. And it was written by Mitchell uh, Charmont and it actually has two illustrators, Jose Arrego and Ariane Dewey. And this book, there's so many reasons to like this book, you know, as all the books that we pick here on Lutcentric Radio. But I like it because it really shows that ironic things can be funny. And 
You know, like when a goat who's supposed to eat everything only wants to eat human food, right? That's definitely ironic. And it's a great way to show kids how irony can be used as a playful way to communicate meaning in a story. And it's a great way for them to learn how to pick up on those kind of tones that are really more sophisticated uh, levels of understanding. So why not bring it out to them? Why not define it and really show them some concrete examples of how the author did this in this text? So when I use Gregory the Terrible Eater, I'm teaching irony in the most playful way that I can and to really show how you can have fun with characters and narrative texts. And when I talk with students about irony, I'm really talking with them, really defining it in a way that shows that the irony is when reality is the opposite of what we expect to be true, right? That's really what we're talking about. And I don't think that's a concept that's too hard for kids to understand, especially if we give them plenty of examples, either from the book or from real life. Now, We expect a goat, right, like Gregory, to want to eat everything, including things that aren't actually food, right, like tin cans and garbage and stuff like that. So actually having a picky or terrible eater for a goat is truly ironic, and it makes for a very funny story scenario, as you will see in Gregory the Terrible Eater. So let's actually look at today's text, Gregory the Terrible Eater. Gregory thinks that he's an average goat but really he's a terrible eater. His parents are frustrated because he only wants to eat people food and they want him to eat food that's appropriate for goats, like tin cans, tires, coats, pants, things from the dump, right? And they take Gregory to the doctor who encourages them to introduce new foods slowly, right? Because they recognize that that works best with terrible eaters. So His mom actually does things like take a shoelace and mix it in with his spaghetti for dinner, and the plan starts to work. Eventually, Gregory and his parents learn how to kind of marry their two styles of eating, and they eat happily ever after. text-dependent questions for Gregory the Terrible Eater, what we're driving at with students is helping them to understand Gregory's current situation and how things actually change over the course of the story, how they change through, really through compromise. And uh, through that change, we can actually map out, um, again, where the ironic parts are. And once I define irony for students, uh, especially through the bridge chart, I actually do like to go back and read the book again with them and have them find the parts that really show when things are being ironic, right? So it's pretty easy in this book because it always centers around food and kind of the disagreement that Gregory's having with his parents around the food that he should be eating. Another way to show kids, uh, especially in this book, because the irony is uh, actually funny, is that often when they're laughing at something in the book, that might be a good indication that it's an ironic situation. So uh, I think that's a good thing to do uh, maybe after kids have already read the book with you and you're talking about irony. Take some time to, you know, maybe when you have 10 minutes before lunch or something like that, take the time to go through that with them and help them find more evidence of that. Because with our bridge chart, We're not going to be going into every single piece of evidence that shows irony. We're actually going to use this as a springboard to start planning some narrative pieces of our own where we can use an ironic situation and make it funny and playful, um, you know, a fun experience to write. 
So to make our bridge chart, first I really want to make sure that we have a good definition of irony. And I shared one earlier, and here's a slightly different definition. When uh, irony is when what really happens is the opposite of what we expect to happen. So it's a similar way to think about it. You can choose language that you think works best for your students, but we definitely have to make sure we back up that definition with lots of examples, right? Because as you know, when students are first learning a word, they're going to actually hang on to those examples more than they are the definition itself. The definition itself, being able to define a word is like the highest level of understanding it well. It's easier to give examples of it and actually use it than it is to define it. So don't expect kids necessarily memorize that definition. Just make sure they're able to recognize irony first. Now in our bridge chart, we're gonna be mapping from left to right um, several different headings. And this bridge chart does not take very long to make, which is really nice because with this bridge chart, we're actually gonna spend more time building it over time with the kids' ideas rather than mapping out the story. So we're only gonna spend a few minutes actually mapping the story onto this bridge chart. Again, just as an example. So what we're gonna do is divide it into five different categories. So I like to kind of have my chart landscape style, you know, left to right so we can spread out, but there's not a ton of writing to do. First, the main character, then additional characters, and then we get to the section that we're really um, labeling the irony part, what we expect, and also reality. So those two work together to show an ironic relationship. And then finally, we have a column called compromise, because that really is the resolution um, in this type of story. And uh, we're going to encourage that in students in their own writing task to kind of model um, their own story, creating an ironic situation with a totally different character, but using Gregory as kind of a structure um, to hang their hat on, right? So they can be successful with that. And then they can use this bridge chart to help them build that story. So for our example with Gregory the Terrible Eater, for main character, we're going to write Gregory the Goat and additional characters, father goat and mother goat. We can also put Dr. Ram if you want to get into kind of even tertiary characters and things, and that's totally fine. Or you can just limit it to the kind of the most, um, the most popular characters in the book. Then for the ironic part, uh, we have what we expect, which we could say he eats junk like other goats. That's something we would expect, right? But the reality in that column is that he only wants to eat people food. So for these two columns, I like to show how they're connected, either maybe by putting you know, an underline or a box around both of these or highlighting them or using a different color, just so students see that this is the ironic part and this is where the humor comes through. And then finally with compromise, for Gregory, he combines goat and people food. And that's really how they come to that compromise at the end. So we are doing a very quick summary of the story, but in a little, slightly different way, right? Because we're featuring the irony part and we're featuring the resolution as specifically a compromise style resolution. So as students, I wanna actually build off of this idea and have them think of other characters that we might try this story out on and see if we can come up with an ironic situation for them. So for example, maybe we choose a main character who's a fish and some additional characters like a crab and an octopus. Okay, so those, we can build that on the chart. Then for the ironic part, we have to think about what we expect from that fish and then what we say the reality is going to be in the story. So uh, let's see, for a fish, we could say, we expect that he likes to swim and dive. That would definitely be you know, average behavior for a fish. But in reality, this fish is scared to dive into deep water. So that 
really poses the ironic part, a fish who doesn't want to dive, right? <laughs> Not something we would expect. So the compromise comes in where maybe the crab and the octopus help him and they give him a headlamp to wear um, to help him see deep down in the deep water, right? So something kind of funny like that that kids could imagine. There's lots of different characters kids could use, lots of ironic situations they can think of because they're really just thinking of, you know, the opposite of what might be true for that animal. And then the compromise um, actually could have lots of funny scenarios too. So this is a really fun bridge chart to make even over a few days. And kids will come up with so many fun ideas. You'll probably actually have to add more paper to this chart to keep the ideas flowing. I like to do it for a couple of days at least before I ask students to start writing their own piece because I wanna give them as many options as possible. And if they wanna lift you know, directly off the chart a whole you know, idea across the board and write about it, I'm fine with that. Or if they want to borrow, you know, from different ones, that's fine too. Or if they come up with one entirely on their own that's not on the chart, of course, that's perfectly acceptable. Any combination of those things is going to be helpful. But I think it's great sometimes to give them that extra time to generate these ideas and really hear the ideas of other kids, um, you know, hear their teacher being really playful with ideas too. And you might actually think about taking this story as an opportunity or this writing task as an opportunity to also write your own story, your own ironic story about an animal. Because I'm betting kids would love to hear it, especially this time of year. You know, you've been writing together all year. For some of you, you're just coming back in person, you know, together after, you know, being gone, you know, from COVID for so long. And it's a great bonding experience to have, you know, some writing time with students. So either writing in front of them, like as a shared writing or, or a modeled writing, or sending them off to write and you getting your paper out writing too, and then making sure you share your story is so powerful for students. And at the end of the year, when we need to kind of keep students' motivations up and keep them wanting to write, we want to provide a lot of fun ideas like this one for them to really latch onto and get excited about. So I hope you'll check out Gregory the Terrible Eater. It's really easy to find copies of this book. They're not expensive. You can always find all the books that I feature on Letcentric Radio at letcentric.com. We have um, a podcast tab there and you can find it by different seasons. Of course, right now we're in season six. And so every episode has, uh, you can listen to it there. You can purchase the book there, all those kind of things. And I'm going to ask that before season six ends, those of you who've come back week after week, you know how much I appreciate you. I hope you do. And I hope that you can give back a little bit to the show by giving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It only takes a couple of moments. You can do it in about 30 seconds, maybe 30 to 60 seconds. Doesn't take long. Uh, but I would really appreciate that positive feedback on the show. It helps other people find the show. And that's why I do it. I want people to listen, right? I want to give good ideas, good reading ideas, good writing ideas, and support our students to become great readers and writers too. And don't forget, follow Litcentric everywhere you go. We're on all social media platforms pretty much. You can find us everywhere. And I'd love to connect with you there too. All right. We'll see you next time. Have a great day at school.